This is Hammett. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. If you get five bucks a month, you get ad-free episodes. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hi. Uh, you have a podcast thing to plug. I do. So um, I talked last week about um, my friend Tyler Meesom's new podcast, Was I in a Cult? with Liz Ialuzzi. And um, I listened to it. Uh, last week was our anniversary. So on our drive, we Ooh. went out. Uh-huh. Uh, so we went out to dinner downtown and on our drive home. We listened to his podcast and it's so funny and fun. And like, and I think if you like this show, you'd like that one that it's like, as serious topics, but doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, so I was texting Tyler, uh, and Tyler, I mean, some you may know if you've seen An Honest Liar or um, Murder Among the Mormons or I Want My MTV. This is his next project. Um, and I texted him, I was like, oh my God, it's so great. He's like, are you sure? Because we've been getting really mean reviews. And so I, ch- <laughs> and so I, joined ch- the club. I checked the reviews and it was all. Like, oh, the woman is too much. She laughs too loud, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, Tyler, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not that they don't like your show. They don't like women. <laughs> so anyway, um, I, I would recommend Welcome it. To podcast. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, bud, you'll, you'll get used to it. Nobody likes any. He was like, I've always gotten such good reviews on my documentaries. I was like, welcome to podcasting, my dude. <laughs> Fucking people hated cereal and it won 14 Peabody's. <laughs> like... <laughs> Anyway, so give it a try. Uh, give it a listen. Um, it's called Was in a Cult on all of your podcatchers. Very cool. Uh, I want to start with this because it, it it's Kent Hovind, the creationist who mm-hmm. lives uh, in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we mentioned a couple weeks ago that Kent Hovind, uh, who was in jail for a long time for tax fraud, oh. and now he just does does his weekly, um, not multi-weekly show where he's promoting creationism, which whatever, you do your thing, man. But he also has the low-budget creation museum. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Like, made of trailer parks and, like, a pond that a kid drowned in once. Yes, I remember that. That's not a knock on trailer parks. That's a knock on you have no money, but you think you're the creation museum. Yeah. That So anyway... He does that now. Um, and we mentioned him a couple weeks ago because he has this, he had this girlfriend whom he called his wife, but they never filed for it. Mm. So it's like, legally speaking, you're not his wife, but he's like, but she is spiritually. And it's like, that's not a thing in the real world. Uh-huh. Anyway, then he abused her and like he recorded it as it was happening because yes, he yes, thought yes. it made him look good. I remember this asshole. Um, and we mentioned it because there were uh, that woman filed for an order of protection against him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all of that happened a while ago, and we knew he was arrested on charges of domestic violence because the affidavit uh, filed in July, but we found out about it last month, said he had thrown that woman to the ground. Um, and he paid a $1,000 bond, and he was back to business as usual. Well, <laughs> and he, and by the way, the day after, I think, he... Uh, got out on bond. He did his uh, daily vlog or whatever, and uh-huh. he urged everyone to remember: you're always innocent until proven guilty. Uh, and, and when you're proven guilty, you're guilty, which is when you go to jail, like he did. Well, well, yes, he right? has now been found guilty. Uh, this week, ah. we found out that 
he was punished. He was found guilty of domestic violence. And I want to tell you all these charge, uh, all these punishments lo- levied against this oh, guy. Oh, geez, Louise. He, I thought he was still trying to do like a tax thing of like, I'm out and like, you're still innocent. But he actually he's filed. talking about his other crime that he committed, not the one he'd already served time right. for. There, there is another lawsuit that has been kicked out of the courts that he says he's going to appeal. But that involved a half billion dollar lawsuit against the government for like, you <laughs> took me in jail for tax fraud and that... I lost $500 million of income. And it's like, no, you And the government responded, yes, we know. That was the point. (laughs) You were being punished for committing a crime. I'm glad you understand. (laughs) Right. And the judge is like, you've got to be shitting me. Tossed it out. And he's like, we're going to appeal. Half a billion, eh? Half a billion. Anyway. So here's what the judge says this I should week. break these microphones and then sue the microphone manufacturer and be like, we have been, I could have made billions using these microphones, we but were, your shoddy equipment is the reason I'm not a billionaire. We Damn you, been, microphones. We could have been Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's the punishment against Too much hair. <laughs> Boom. Ouch. Uh, bald jokes are nothing. That was low-hanging fruit, Jessica. <laughs> he was sentenced to a year in jail, but the mm-hmm. judge said, you do 30 days and we'll call it even. Uh, and he has like two, three more weeks to show up. Sure. So he's going to spend 30 days in jail. He's also placed on a one-year unsupervised probation, meaning after he does 30 days in jail, he's mm-hmm. as good as free. Um, he has to pay a $500 fine, mm-hmm. court costs, whatever mm-hmm. they are, a $100 bail bond fee, and over $2,000 to cover his girlfriend's medical expenses for beating her. Uh, he's forbidden from coming 500 feet within uh, of her and having any contact with her. He has to surrender all his firearms to the sheriff's office. Cri- I'm sorry, in Alabama? In Alabama. There That's is how a, bad it there is. There's a crime you can commit in Alabama that gets your guns taken I away? Know. I uh, thought we'd seen all of the crimes. They came for his guns. <laughs> um, and the weird thing is, so I'm watching his first show after they announced this verdict. Mm-hmm. And uh, he doesn't say anything about it. But last night I was watching again because this is what I do with my time. Sure, sure, sure. And he's obviously just like, there's two sides to every story. Let me tell you mine. I got an email from someone that said, you know, Satan's out. I don't know. Everyone's Satan enemy, satanic enemies are out to get you or mm, something. Mm-hmm. They are. We um, are. I'm, I'm sorry. They. Yeah. Not we. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he's out or he, he will be going to jail for 30 days. The headline is Kent Hoven is going to jail for domestic abuse for 30 days. That's the takeaway here. And again, why does this matter? Why does his personal life situation matter? Because his whole shtick is if you accept the Bible, then you've got to be a creationist. And why should you accept the Bible and be a creationist? Because it makes you a better moral person, which obviously everything in his life suggests that following the Bible the way he does does not make you a better, more moral person. Um, The question I have is he does have followers. He has a little cult-ish thing going on in Alabama. We've joked about Matt Powell, another creationist who's mm-hmm. younger, who basically copies everything he does, <laughs> uh, Hoven does, and they showed up on their like daily show together wearing the same weird Hawaiian shirt, too, which was you're weird fucking lying, and cultish. Really? And I'm Hawaiian like, shirts? You've got to be kidding me, Matt. You now know you're what? dressing Wait. like him. I think Hawaiian shirts have been co-opted by... Um, White people? By, well, <laughs> okay. Touche. Yes, we co-opted Hawaiian shirts, we I would co-opted say. co-opted Hawaii. 
listen, I'm not here to apologize on behalf of all white people. Again, I think we've already done this. But I feel like I've heard it's like a Proud Boys thing. Oh, really? Yeah, let me look into it. As you're looking at that, my question now is for those followers of Canthoven, like Powell, do any of them care about this domestic violence now guilty verdict? Uh Will any of them be like, you know, maybe I shouldn't spend all my time with this dude? Which I could have told you after the tax fraud charges, but also they're still doing it. I'm not anticipating anything to change. But, you know, you would like to think, okay, come on, this isn't even a biblical difference of opinion. This is this guy's going to jail because he beat up a woman who he was dating at the time. Uh Isn't that enough for some of you family values people to say, maybe this isn't the guy I want to follow. And I have no confidence they're going to do that. I just wish one of these things would sink in and they would like live up to their own stated values, but they won't. Uh, So apparently the Boogaloo Boys wear Hawaiian shirts. Oh, really? This is according to the Wall Street Journal. So this is (laughs) Honest to God reporting Uh from June 8th, 2020. Um, The term Boogaloo comes from the 84 film Break Into Electric Boogaloo. Listen, can they do... I refuse to listen to the rest of this Can they do anything unironically? (laughs) At one point in the rift, Civil War II electric boogaloo started being bandied about in far-right channels. God, they're such fucking nerds. Jesus Christ. Like, and I am somebody who has spent mm, six of the last 24 hours playing Oregon Trail on my iPad, (laughs) and I think these guys are nerds. (laughs) Uh, That's a good segue into this next story because it involves white people being bad. Great. Um, (laughs) Hashtag the theme of our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) There's a Christian apologist whose name is Josh McDowell. He's one of the... Okay, I'll give you my little personal history here. When I started uh, exploring godlessness, atheism, whatever, Mm -hmm. I didn't know the word, but I knew the idea at the time. Um, one of the things that happens back in the day when there's no internet really and this to would explore, have been like, uh, yeah, 1805, whatever old I am now. <laughs> um, one of the things that happens is people will be like, well, you should read this book by a Christian apologist because uh-huh. they're tackling the questions that atheists have. Even though you're leaving Jainism and yeah, not like mainstream Christianity. No one knows what that is. So they're like, Christianity is close enough. It's God. So read this. You'll come closer. Perfect. Um, but they, of course, they give like, here's the Lee Strobel book, a case, The Case for Christ, uh-huh. or one of the variations of that. And Josh McDowell's books uh-huh. were on that list of things I always seemed to have access to, whether it was at college or high school, because people <laughs> would just be like, you may want to read this. This will convince you. Because those were like, not just best-selling books, but they were like, where else were you going to go to sure. find those answers at the time? Sure, you there's no have, YouTube. There's, there's no all the resources mm-hmm. available, right. And so, again, it's, he's one of these guys whose entire career is built on, I have explored the questions that atheists have, mm-hmm. and I can answer them, and the answer is Christianity, all that sort of stuff. So this guy is, uh, to me, not a nobody. He's well-known in these circles. Sure. I think, according to his Twitter bio, he's written like 150 books. I'm sure at least like two or three of them. I've been working have been on a novel for two years. I feel like an idiot. I feel like a lot of these pastors, they're like, I gave a sermon once. I'm going to turn it oh, into a yeah. book, get a Christian publisher to <laughs> no shit it out there. And just publish like people's tweets. Yeah, I'm like, it's much. a book. Yeah, it's a Buy book. Buy it. <laughs> and because they already have their fan base, it's like, look, my latest gift from God. Well, and also, I feel like those those kinds of gifts are really aimed for, like, the aunt you don't know that well. And she's like, <laughs> I know so-and-so is into this one thing, so I'm going to buy a right. book of their tweets or whatever. Right. 
Oh. So he's 81 now, and he was speaking last weekend at the American Association of Christian Counselors World Conference okay. in Florida. All right, that's Ooh, a group, World Conference, whatever. and they picked Florida. Cool, yeah. <laughs> cool as usual. Um, it's a conservative group with uh, fully expected beliefs about what counselors ought to be doing. Like gay conversion torture is part of their thing. You know is, what I mean? Um. Do they have, like, a certification process? That's something I've always wondered. A lot of these Christian groups have their own. It's like... Like their internal... Yeah, like there are Christian college accreditation groups, too. I see. It's like, yes, we're accredited by this organization. It's like, they don't count, though. They make up their own rules. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. uh, He's speaking to them. So it's a... He's speaking to a group of Christian counselors. Or to put that another way, this... Christian with a prominent platform of his own Uh is speaking to a bunch of Christians whose jobs require them to have influence over other people. And so his speech was about addressing the biggest issues that Christian counselors are going to be facing in the future. Seems appropriate for them. And he had a list of six things they needed to, you know, be acquainted with because you're going to have to deal with this. Do you have any examples of like, oh, three of them on the list. Are critical race theory, uh oh, uh huh, social justice, uh oh, and pornography. These are a few of my <laughs> yeah. favorite things. So, like the other three were whatever. I don't care about the rest. I want to know what the other three were. I, I forgot what they were. They, there was a list, but it was just like okay, three of them are just right wing sort of things. But these so, three, critical race theory, social justice, and pornography. Yeah, like how do we deal with young people having access to adult content, which. Might be a, a a thing to discuss among counselors, but also I don't trust this guy to be the guy discussing them. Um, but anyway, I bring this up because during the part of his speech where he's talking about what he thinks critical race theory is, mm-hmm. I'm just going to quote what he said. Oh, God. Um, here's what he, I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt first. Here's what he's trying to say. We do have to address race because racism uh-huh. is real. Oh, um, it's not. People, I don't see race. <laughs> it, it wasn't an I don't see race. He's saying, <laughs> he was saying, look, people of color don't have the same opportunities that a lot of us who are white, and you can bet that room was pretty white. Uh-huh. He's like, they don't have the same opportunities we do, and we need to be acknowledge that. That's the best case situation of what he was trying to say. Let me tell you what he actually said. All right. Okay. Um, I don't. It's not just the equal opportunity. I don't believe everyone says, well, blacks, white, everyone have an equal opportunity to make it in America. No, they don't, folks. I do not believe blacks, African-Americans and many other minorities have equal opportunity. Why? Why? Most of them grew up in families where there's not a big emphasis on education. Okay. Security. You can do anything you want. You can change the world. If you work hard, you'll make it. He's basically saying these families didn't grow up learning education is good. You know, they're black families. Then he goes on. So many African Americans don't have those privileges like I was brought up in. (sighs) Okay. Dot, dot, dot. The way I was raised, I had advantages in life ingrained in me. You can do it. Get your education. Get Uh-oh. a job. Change the world. Oh, okay. Implying. So, so we were walking a tightrope of how race affects your chances of success in life, mm-hmm. and he just really plunged into the alligators of black people don't care about reading. Yep, that's his. That's where he's going with that. So he's like, I was raised right, Mm -hmm. but in those families, you know, they are not taught that education is good. 
that security matters, that they should get a job, that they could change the world. It's like, dude, they are. They yeah. don't necessarily have the same opportunities to achieve that well, and because what- of the situation they're in. Because of a lot of other issues. Well, and I think there's such an oversimplification of this sort of, we'll say his thing is black people don't care about education or whatever, right? Like that seems that to be implication his, his implication there. His and it, like that is, obviously I'm reducing what he said, but it's so reductive because it's frequently, like there is a problem with parents not being as involved in their kids' schoolwork in like inner cities. However, it's not a problem of people don't care. It's a problem of, they have multiple jobs or right. don't work a first shift job. So they're not around when their kid is home. Like th- to reduce which, it, which goes back to, they don't have the same situations. Right. They're not having the same opportunities, same, to do resources, these things, same resources, same. So like, I'm again, if I give him the benefit of the doubt here, yeah. I do understand what he wanted to say. I also know that this wasn't a slip up. He said, you know, they grow up and they don't care about education like we do in this room over here, which that's not a slip up. You genuinely believe that. Yeah. Okay. Some might say, (laughs) not necessarily me, but the fact that he is so ham fisted and trying to discuss race is a good reason. Maybe we should teach critical race theory. Yes. Which is a very, yeah. If you're making this. Did I step on your punchline? You didn't. Um, But yes, that is a big part of this. Yeah. You're Josh McDowell is literally showing why we need to discuss race or as conservatives have basically now called it critical race theory, which is not accurate. But this is why we do need to discuss racism mm-hmm. and structural racism mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Because too many people don't understand where these the issues are coming from. He thinks race is the reason. Right. Or has something to do. It's like, it's the culture. It's not. It's a bigger issue. And by the way, the people in that room, conservative mm-hmm. white evangelicals, are part of the reason we can't even deal with those issues. Because they won't increase social services funding because they all vote conservative because fuck poor people, I guess. Right. And so when that happened last weekend, the only reason we know about it is because like one dude in the crowd is like, did he just say what I think he said? I think he did. And suppress that raised flags with anybody in that room. Like one person though. (laughs) And that's it. And eventually reporters got a hold of the speech, like an audio copy of the speech and yeah, we got the quotation. We know what he said. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty close to what the dude's like, I think he just said this. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you're, you're pretty on point. That is what he said. Oof. And within like uh, a day or so, he issued, Josh McDowell issued a statement. It, I'm, it's a long statement, but here's the, the relevant part of it. Okay. My statement, as quoted, does not reflect my own beliefs. Dot, dot, dot. My... Okay, whatever. I don't, I, who fucking cares? When Keep I, going. When I said that most minorities grow up in fa- grew up in families where there is not a big emphasis on education and security, I made a generalized statement that does not reflect reality. I apologize and reiterate my Christian love for all races, nationalities, and people groups. All right, I'll, whatever. Not okay. great prose, but okay, fine. It doesn't reflect reality. That's true. It doesn't, but also... That's kind of the end of that for him. Yeah. Here's what he doesn't say. Like, he doesn't say, I'm totally unaware of structural racism. Mm -hmm. He doesn't explain what he got wrong Mm -hmm. or why he said the things he did say. Mm -hmm. We heard it. Or why, or the fact that the broader point he was trying to make doesn't make any sense without his implication 
that, you know, people of color don't care about education like I do. Like, his whole speech is torn down if he's saying, that's not what I meant to say. I know that's not true. Well, then what the hell were you talking about for an hour as, like, the keynote speaker? What was his thesis? Like, what what point was he trying to get to? Because people who grow up in, in, black people grow up in homes where they don't care about education, quote unquote. Yeah. So, So, like, what is his... Is he just saying, like, hey, here's some shit I'm going to talk about a race of people who's not represented here? Like, I don't what know where was he's going point? with it. I think his argument is to these Christian counselors, you need to fight critical race theory because they're trying to make the world racist. And racism isn't the problem we need to address. It is we need to get everybody to value education like those of us in this room do. Oh, I see. Like okay. The, the education, like a desire to get educated mm-hmm. isn't the issue that you need to be addressing Correct. here. Because it's not that people don't care about it. Right. And so that was the issue. Like pretending that critical race theory, quote unquote, mm-hmm. is the problem misses the point. I could have told you that before he spoke. <laughs> of course. And then, of course, whatever he said didn't help the situation. Pretending social justice and fighting for it right. is the problem with our society instead of the injustice people are trying to address. <laughs> Even though he can identify point. it. He can identify the fact that, like, there's a, a problem with kids not getting the education they need. Yeah. And just, like, whiffs so hard on what the solution could be. It's fucking wild. And also, I, I think there's a, a greater problem here. And, like, you know, I'm not going to try to be, like, a white person explaining the problem with, like, racists. Mm-hmm. Obviously, nobody needs my help with that. But to me, a huge problem in in this sort of subversion of the discussion regarding, like, inequality when it comes to race, this pathological need that conservatives have to deny that race has any factor on anything is so part and parcel with how they view the world. And therefore, when black people are getting shot in the street, in their head, they're saying, oh, I'm just seeing people get shot in the street. It's <laughs> right. not it's my a crime fault problem. that it's a crime problem. All they have to do is this or if Even, they just listened to the cops, this would never happen. Exactly, like, or because they refuse to hear, understand that, like the black community's relationship with the police is not the same as the Naperville cops who like come by because somebody stole a bottle of wine out of your fridge or whatever. That's a real thing that happened to my mom when I was little. That was my first interaction with the police. <laughs> True story. Yes, I am white. Uh-huh, um, but uh-huh. but also, like, when you go on to the bigger things, like the Native kids who were killed en masse in orphanages, if you're not allowing yourself to say, this is a problem with how white people are treating the Native populations of America and of North America, like, if you don't see that, you're missing such a big piece of the pie of, of how, what is going on and how to fix it. And this is it. Like, we we just saw it here of it's not a race problem, it's an education problem. But you can't separate those two things. You can't separate race and po- poverty. You just can't because we live in the United States and people of color are much more likely to be homeless or, or whatever. Uh, whatever. I'm sorry. So he, like, he issued that statement. Ugh. And then guess what? The pushback didn't start because now people heard the comments and again, a lot of Christians. So the pushback too. didn't start until he apologized. Um, once people started hearing the clip of what he said, okay. like that's why he issued the statement. He's like, "Why are people like 
saying mean things about me online. Yeah. Oh, I should address that. Yeah. And then he did. And then it's like, dude, you didn't address any of the problems with everything you said because we saw what your speech was about. Right. And we saw that you were trying to attack, quote unquote, critical race theory. So brave. Which, like, you still don't get it, dude. And so days later, (laughs) Mm -hmm. so now we're at middle of this week, Mm -hmm. he issued another statement. Oh. This is where it gets fun. Sorry my apology was so shitty. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what he said. Uh Uh-oh. Here's what he wrote. Um, it breaks my heart. I'm, I'm skipping around, but it breaks my heart to know what deep pain I have caused. Mm. It has become clear to me, along with crew leadership, because his ministry is affiliated with Campus Crusade for Christ, oh, a.k.a. Is it? crew. He's oh. like, it's become clear to me, along with crew leadership, that I need to step back from my ministry <gasps> wow. and speaking engagements to enter a season of listening and addressing the growth areas that I have become aware of through this Dot, dot, dot. I hope to personally grow and better understand how I can help contribute to the reconciliation and unity that God desires for all of us. During the season, Josh McDowell Ministry will continue with its mission with a different CEO leading all daily efforts. So he's stepping away from his ministry to listen, to listen. That's what he says. And that's it. So he's stepping back from public engagements Uh as a result. I'm waiting for the catch. Uh, here's the catch like for me it's okay fine that's good you should be stepping away for a while but also i don't think he understands yet any reason why anyone's mad because here's what i didn't hear in that statement um he doesn't say what he would have said differently Mm. he doesn't address the actual root of racial disparities Mm -hmm. and the role white evangelicals like him Mm -hmm. play in making all of that worse. Sure. He doesn't acknowledge the existence of structural racism. Mm -hmm. And I believe in that speech, he kind of just dismisses that because that's a conservative thing. Structural racism isn't a thing. Some people are bad, Mm. but like whatever, arrest the bad cop who shot a black person. And now we've solved the problem. Except for when we arrest, except we don't arrest those cops ever. That too. Uh, He doesn't admit that teaching critical race theory and pushing for social justice as defined by conservative outlets, Mm -hmm. like are nothing more than scare tactics to avoid real conversations about racism and privilege and things like that. Mm -hmm. Doesn't admit that he doesn't say how he plans to grow. He said, I'm going to listen to who you're going to grow. Oh, what are you going to read? Who do you think you might listen to? I know it's early. I'm not asking for a detailed outline of what he's going to do, but like, you're, you can't just say, I'm going to step back and listen to people without eventually telling us, because if he wants to ever step back into mm-hmm. public life, he ought to follow up on that and say, here's what I've changed about my beliefs. Yep. Here's who I've read. Here's who I've listened to. Mm-hmm. And like, he could have done that. He's an, e- he's an evangelical who is well known, which means... There's no shortage of people mm-hmm. who could talk to him about this who are an email away. Right. Um, and again, I should I want to point out all of the backlash against the stuff he said mm-hmm. is not coming from atheists, non-Christians. A lot of it's coming from younger Christians who are just like, what the hell is wrong with you? Why are you saying this stuff? <sighs> and so he and by the way, he also didn't say that Campus Crusade for Christ will change how it handles issues of race Hmm. because the same issue he got in trouble for, Campus Crusade for Christ has been struggling with forever. A bunch of people who worked with their ministry Mm -hmm. on college campuses have left the organization because they just said there's too much racism here. Sure. And so like the entire group he's working with is part of the problem. Mm -hmm. 
So there's a lot left unsaid. I'm glad he stepped down mm-hmm. and stepping away. Let's hope he sticks to it. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these people are just waiting for the comeback tour. But when he, I mean, if he ever does come back, and I know he's older, mm-hmm. but if he ever does come back, he owes it to people, I think, mm-hmm. using the platform that he has to say, this is what I screwed up. Right. And here's how I got better. And by the way, white evangelicals, who I regularly preach to, here's what you should do about it, because I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I want to hear that. Sure. I'm not expecting to hear that just yet. Mm-hmm. But if he ever wants to come back, right now he's just the racist Christian apologist who accidentally said what he actually believes <laughs> and got caught for it. Yeah. Not even caught, got called out. Like yeah, it's not like he he wasn't doing it in secret. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, listen, I feel like we often hit this crossroad, you and I. That I'm like, you know what? I'm I am going to allow myself to be optimistic and hope that this guy goes home and watches like the 13th or when they see us or just like whatever Ava DuVernay has put out lately <laughs> to <laughs> make us understand the plight of like the american black person like watch two of those read a couple books it's it's a long weekend is what you need (laughs) i don't know how long you need but anyway like what you need to come back i completely agree i am willing to leave the door open for this guy to come back and say hey listen i had some conversations and those conversations weren't with ben carson who's like whatever like racism isn't real look at me i'm (laughs) a neurosurgeon and also a functioning idiot like um like if he comes back and genuinely does learn something and does positive there are a lot of prominent black christians in evangelical circles Uh who have been trying to make their voice heard on these issues and their complaint has been the same thing which is they're not listening Mm -hmm. to what my people are saying didn't like a whole black caucus like leave the southern baptists or something Uh, like that a lot of Black people have left the Southern Baptist Church. Yeah. A lot of them left Liberty University, yeah. by the way, separately, but for a very similar reason yeah. where they're just like, these white evangelicals are just really racist. Well, <laughs> and we can't defend yeah. the stuff they're doing in the name of Jesus. We can't We can't be here. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's one thing to recruit, like, athletes, but, like, a lot of those people go to those schools for the scholarship because they get to play mm-hmm. Division One mm-hmm. sports. And then they're like, Liberty oh. University is Division One. I. I mean, they're playing in the NCAA tournament. They're, uh, yeah. You know, I said that as if I know what the fuck Division One is <laughs> or care. But they were just saying, like, the, the way they teach these issues. I mean, they talk about sure. these issues in the classroom, and they're like, no, that's just wrong. It's mm-hmm. not just biblically wrong. Like, you're wrong on every level mm-hmm. here. But if no one's listening to them. Right. Or you're using them as the diversity hire to recruit other black people to come to the school. They're like, I can't, can, I can't tell other black people they should come to this campus. I think well, someone said that. He's like, I just can't do it with all sincerity. Yeah. Even though I'm Christian and a fundamentalist Christian, uh-huh. I cannot tell them in good conscience, you should come to this school. It'll be good for you. Right. So they left too. I mean, it's a general problem with like the world, mm-hmm. but it's also very much a problem in like conservative Christianity. Sure. And Josh McDowell's just... He's, you know, he's been, again, you don't give a speech like this when you've never given it before to a crowd like this, which means I'm guessing, I don't know for sure, but like, I'm guessing he said all this stuff to different groups of people in different contexts, but it's the same thing. And no one's called him out on it before. So. Oh boy. I just watched, um, the Lula Roe documentary. I did too. I don't know why I watched Lula Roe. It was good, right? No, I hate it. It was... You hated the doc? I hated the documentary, but it was interesting. I'm like, I feel like I've 
seen versions of this sure. documentary ever, but it was amusing to watch the the disillusionment of people who bought into the mm-hmm. MLM lie. Oh yeah. And then watching them figure out, oh, mm-hmm. I'm being I'm being played. Yeah, that's sort of the interesting thing about like cult like documentaries. I will say I love that they had the the two owners on there. Um, yes. Who they like, like the owners of LuLaRoe, which is a like multi-level marketing pyramid scheme. You, yeah. I liked the doc a lot. I thought it was entertaining. There was a black woman in there who said there was oh, a girl, cruise. Bl- like if you sell enough, you get to get invited she is to the, the cruise. Hero of and that she, documentary. She said I was in public and I laughed out loud in public. She's like, I'm not going on a cruise with a bunch of white people, and I laughed out loud I, the way she said it it was, was so blunt and she just said it in a way of like I'm gonna try not to say no it's white people <laughs> it's too many white people on a boat absolutely not but um, I love when they get the villain like they interview the villain for, for documentaries because the thing with serial killers they always think they're smarter than everybody and you said it <laughs> you see it Ted Bundy did it all the time you see the Fire Island guy if he's like yeah, oh yeah. I can talk my way around these idiots <laughs> and then they're like why did you do this and he's like um, how come nobody's coming to save me? I'm a white man. Nobody's allowed to ask me hard questions. Anyway, right. all that's to say is the woman reminds me of so who many. Who started the company. Who started the company reminds me of so many bosses I've had. That is just <laughs> like, she's like sickeningly nice, but like does not give a shit about you in reality. And like, they do the whole thing of like, what? It's not a pyramid scheme. We're just selling people things so they can sell other people things. That's not what a pyramid scheme is. Anyway, I'm going to totally going on a tangent after you're done with the sentence. I just want to pitch an idea of like, like an MLM, but it's a black guy at Liberty university. And he's like, okay, I'm just going to recruit three other black kids. (laughs) And then when they start recruiting and then I, and then I will be, (laughs) but I will be the, by the end of this, I will be the president of Liberty university. And then there's just a bunch of like miserable black students. Like I thought I was going to get an education here. Anyway, that's my pitch for, um, satire. For the next Netflix documentary. Exactly. What were you going to say about your tangent? I have now, uh, I never binge watch stuff, or I rarely binge watch yeah. stuff. But I did do the Lulu. I watched that straight through. But I have now moved on to Squid Game. And Is it's, it good? It's messing with my mind, and I love it. Really? I can't, it's Korean. I can't yeah. say anything, but it took me twenty minutes to get into it. The uh-huh. first episode, yeah, subtitles and everything, uh-huh. and it was so worth it because it? it's so demented. Good. Oh, it's so fun. Oh, I'm so I deep won't in spooky season. More because I don't want to ruin it for anybody. But listen. Go watch it. Then okay. hit me up. Talk. Let's talk. Okay, I'll watch it tonight, yeah. probably. My family will never watch it because it's not their thing. Well, your child can't read yet, so um, like that's that probably too. his and also, main barrier to entry. <laughs> everything else about the show is totally inappropriate <laughs> for them, and it's glorious. What's a genre? Is um, it like horror? Is it action? You can't say. There is death involved. Dope. Very gruesome graphic death. Oh, that's great. I, it's Saw, but with subtitles. Let's do that. Oh, love that. Yes. Anyway. Um, I'm I really was... excited. Mike Flanagan, who did um, Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor, just came out today as we record with a new... Have, did you see either of those? No. Oh, they're amazing. I'm. We're in the middle of our annual rewatch of Hill House. Um, but he just came out with a new horror series, miniseries, that is about the church. Oh. It's got like a religious bent. It's called... Holy something, holy ground something. I'll I'll look it up. While you were doing that, I'm moving on to this other story. Um, We have talked about a group, a company called Mischief, M-S-C-H-F, Mischief. We we have? Mischief without the vowels, because they are the people who came out a while back with Jesus shoes 
um, which were special Nikes that they basically retooled and were like, we put some Christian paraphernalia here. We included in the soles of the shoes. Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass is the show. Um, And apparently there's um, animal death. Oh, trigger warning. Okay, yeah, there you go. Uh, The Jesus shoes had like holy water in the soles. Cool. Yeah, it was very fancy. And then they jacked up the price and they're like, we're selling like a handful of these. Uh, And they sold out quickly. And then they came out with Satan shoes uh, with the help of Little Nas X. Little Nas X. And those were like a flip side of that. Like they took Nikes, they refurbished them and made them satanic. (laughs) And it was hilarious. And they cost, I assume they cost $666. Um, no, I'm sorry, $3,000 a pair, but they came with a steel crucifix. Oh, uh, a steel crucifix, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> totally wrong. Um, there were 666 pairs of the Satan shoes available. Uh, they were 1018 bucks each. Uh, they 1018, that's a specific I think it was a reference number. to a Bible verse. Uh, there was a drop of human blood mixed in them. Anyway, that's this company. They do random shit each month. Uh-huh. Uh, if you have their app, they're like, we just came out with something new. You're going to enjoy it. What is it? And it's usually something you can only get until it's sold out. Sure. And it's really fast, and they never do the same thing twice. So it's always something random. So their latest thing last week just came out. They said, we've decided to go up against conservative Christians again because we enjoy making them mad because it's good publicity. That's Shh. me talking for them, not sure. them. But what they said is, you uh, Chick Fil A is <laughs> anti-gay as a company. Mm-hmm. They don't. Their owners, at the very least, mm-hmm. donate money to anti-gay causes mm-hmm. because they're conservative Christians. In the past, as a company, they gave to groups opposing LGBTQ rights. And if you know nothing else about Chick Fil A, they're closed on Sundays. Yes, that is a mandate from the top. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter if they're in an airport. They are closed on Sundays. Or in famously a football stadium. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Which I remember yes. laughing for about 25 minutes yes, when I heard about that. That is correct. Um, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> um, so, Mischief this week said, we've created a website that, I don't know if it'll still be up and running by the time people hear this episode, but it may be. Um, people can order Chick-fil-A sandwiches through them. Through their new website for $6.66. And they can pick it up from select special locations on Sunday because this is their way of sticking it to Chick-fil-A. And they said on their promotional materials, this is called Mischief Sunday Service. Uh, They're real Chick-fil-A sandwiches acquired from Chick-fil-A locations. They said, let's take advantage. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me read from their press release because it was amusing. Certain American values go hand in hand. Hmm. For example, conservative Christianity pairs perfectly with a corresponding devout faith in the free market. That being the case, uh, I'm sorry, is this? uh, Yeah, I, I think this is from their press release. That being the case, fuck it. Let's take advantage of the obvious hole in the market left by notoriously Christian restaurant chain Chick-fil-A's Sabbatarianism. The market (laughs) finds a way. And in this case, it's the road to hell. Hail Satan and eat more chicken on the holy days. Um, I can't remember if that was an article about it or their article, but it could have been the same thing. Basically, here's how this works. They buy the sandwiches on a Saturday. They keep them warm overnight. And they have a professional chef who puts finishing touches on them on Sunday before you pick them up. Therefore, you can get Chick-fil-A on a Sunday. Uh, There's like 14 reasons I wouldn't do this. I think not the least of which is one day old fast food is not great. (laughs) 
they're making it very clear, like, I know it's one day old. Yes. We promise it'll still be good. But besides that, here's what I don't like about it. If their goal is to stick it to Chick-fil-A and don't. legally they've made enough changes, like, I, I assume their lawyers have taken care of all this sure. stuff. Assuming it's all that way on the up and up. You're still giving money to Chick-fil-A, though. That was my immediate you're problem. You're still giving them money, but you're doing it on a Saturday. Yeah. And then doing whatever it is you do with the sandwiches. So if the goal of anyone buying this is, ha, 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 I am going to stick it to Chick-fil-A, uh, you're not. Yeah. They got your money already. Mm-hmm. So I don't get the purpose. I don't get what the point of this is. Yeah, that's dumb. Like, I, if you want to go after the history of bigotry and pointing out the uh, hypocrisy yeah. and the bad causes, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. But I I don't... Un- this is one of those things where the website is amusing, mm-hmm. But if your goal is you're, you think you're, you know, making Chick-fil-A feel bad, I promise yeah. you they don't care. I mean, listen, <laughs> as anybody who has been paying attention or who listens to Mabim Bam, we, we're in the middle of the chicken wars right now. The chicken sandwich wars. Every restaurant is putting out their new chicken sandwich to compete with Chick-fil-A. Um, Chick-fil-A is garbage. Don't buy it even ironically. Mm-hmm. Instead... Make your own sandwich, or the McDonald's one is really quite good. The spicy sauce is great. Um, I have a fun one for you. This is just this is just for my amusement. It's not a news story, but I don't care. Uh, Lori Alexander, the transformed wife. She's the fundamentalist Christian this grandma. Bitch. Yes. I hate so this she woman. Put out a video, not just her blog this time. She put out a video. And here's here's again, I'll do I'll play this game. Here's the best case version of what she's saying. Sure. Um you're not always when you save yourself for marriage and you should listen, things are not going to be rosy at first, but it'll get better. I stuck with my husband despite uh, any obstacles we had to overcome. And I'm glad I did it. We've been married for 41 years. That's the best case version of what she's saying. Here's what she actually said. I was not passionately in love with my husband when I married him. In fact, I didn't really have much feelings of love towards him. And this concerned me greatly. Sure. Uh, Dot, dot, dot. A lot of my problem in marrying my husband and in the first 20 years of (gasps) my marriage were those critical negative thoughts and judging him instead of showing him mercy as God wanted me to do. 20 years? Mm -hmm. Okay. And basically she says, uh, you know, uh, she stayed married for the sake of the kids, and she's glad she did. It worked out. Uh, and that's kind of the entire video. That's how the whole thing goes. And I think my favorite line in the entire thing is she says, you don't have to be madly in love with someone in order to marry them because that kind of passion is, and I'm quoting, kind of a Hollywood thing anyway. Oh, honey. Oh, this poor woman has never had an orgasm, has she? No. And this is the same woman who, in a different video, once said, Listen, ladies, <laughs> your husband needs sex. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Your husband needs sex. Give it to him because, and I quote, uh, How long does it take? I remember this. Yes, we discussed this at I've, length. God, 
it, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Like oh boy. I don't. Twenty I have, years. I have she was no opinion on her marriage. I wouldn't dare to criticize or offer my thoughts on her relationship. It's none of my business. What bothers me is this idea that she's giving advice to other people saying, here's how you should do it. I know. You know what? You don't have to love him. Is he a man of God? Is he going to provide for you? Check, check. We're good. Shut the hell up. Get married. You'll be happy. Go be a housewife. We're set now. It's the same vibe as the younger Girl Defined videos, Uh where it's like two girls in their 20s, 30s, who saved themselves until marriage, and now they think of themselves, or at least it comes across that way, as we know... Like, let us give you sex advice. Let us give you relationship advice. But you didn't date. Right. You didn't have sex. Like, and, and I don't want to get advice from you on these things. And I'm really upset that young girls are getting advice from mm-hmm. you on these things. Oh. Same thing with Lori. Like, I don't care about her situation. I am disturbed that a lot of people in that circle may take her seriously. Oh, boy. So, um... I just listened to an episode of Planet Money recently that was about uh, why there aren't more women CEOs. Uh-huh. Um, and there was a, a really interesting piece that was all about how, you know, five, ten years ago, the the rate of women in the workforce was growing and continuing to grow. And they're like, we don't see this stopping for any reason. And then the pandemic hit. And now the women in the workforce has dropped precipitously. Also, they found this thing of women tend to start small businesses at about the same rate as men, but for whatever reason, either don't get venture capital funding or choose not to do it because the only way they can do it is hand over their their idea and their, their business to a rich man who has the money to do it. And so when the business grows, a man ends up taking over for that reason. Um and one of the many reasons women tend to not pursue these high-powered, high-powered um, uh, careers is that childcare falls to them disproportionately. Mm-hmm. Um, and these kinds of things, these things that we hear from women in this world of, it's okay if you don't like your husband. It is okay if he doesn't do anything to help you or make you feel good. It's fine. You will learn to love him and you will learn to love this life. And this is your responsibility. This kind of messaging not only tells women that it's okay to settle down with somebody they're not that into, but it also... Because he's religious. Because he's religious. But it tells men, I don't have to do anything to (laughs) keep this woman around. Therefore, I am not going to clean up after myself. I'm not going to do the laundry. I'm not going to take equal care, care of my kids. And so it just keeps going forever and ever of women are letting men get away with whatever they want in their home. And therefore... Men don't think they need to try, and women don't have the opportunity to leave the house and try something new if they want to. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's all of a piece. It's all the same shit. Like purity it's, culture, abstinence culture. It all it's all wraps the same in. thing. Uh, yep. yep. Was that a fair comparison to make, or was I just wanting sure. to talk about Planet Money so people think I'm smart? No, that works too. Okay, cool. Uh, let's talk about uh, something closer to our neck of the woods. There is a Catholic school, Bennett Academy. <gasps> yes. Uh, private Catholic school. I think it's just a high school. I, I don't know it's if it's K-12. Okay, so just a high school. Basically, what they did is they were, it's I like mean, 
uh, it's it's known as a good school academically, mm-hmm. and they have competitive athletic programs too. So they recently hired one of their own graduates, I believe. Oh, uh, I do know she's a graduate. But basically, they hired her as the head girls lacrosse coach, which is one of those like yeah, every school has one of those mm-hmm. like athletic head coach. Does she have experience? Yes, she does, because she was in Pennsylvania before this, led a team to two state championships. She knows what Dang. she's doing. No one's questioning the credentials on this. Mm-hmm. So they interviewed her. They hired her months and months ago. Like, whatever job she had, she quit it. She said, I'm moving back here because I'm going to be their head coach. Good for her. Her name is Amanda Camus. Uh, Camus? Camus. K-A-M-M-E-S. But anyway, like, she already met with the students. Mm-hmm. They love her. Mm-hmm. Like, she's excited to work with them. They're excited to work with her. Everything is great. After they hired her, they gave her the paperwork to sign. And one of the questions on the paperwork is, what's your emergency contact? She lists her wife. Mm-hmm. And then the Catholic school's like, oh, oh. So then they rescinded their job offer because, mm-hmm. of course, you work at a Catholic school. You can't be gay married. Um, and what happened this week is that once people found out what happened, because this woman's not going to be their coach anymore, so word gets out, there is a major outcry, not just from students, mm-hmm. not just the athletes who are mm-hmm. like, why the hell did you get rid of a really good coach? Yeah. But from other students who are like, what the hell's wrong with this? Our school is Catholic, sure, but we're not like those other Catholic <laughs> schools, which, oh, you poor thing. Uh-huh. Um, also from parents who are like, but she's really good. She's going to help our kids. And from alums, lots of alums lots who are like, you've got to, don't, don't put us in the news for being the bad Catholic yeah. schools. Just fury. And then it didn't help that as the school's dealing with, like, I guess kids were planning to protest on Monday. Mm-hmm. Some people stationed outside the school with signs to yeah. protest, but also students were going to come to school wearing rainbow clothing as a way of a, a protest. The head of school, his name is Stephen Marth, he issued a statement to like that's got sent out to everybody where he said, you know, rainbows are confusing and ambiguous and therefore lead to a lack of understanding or even division. Well, he also said the colors represented something complex and sophisticated. Like, so I don't, wait, was I, he trying to ban rainbow stuff? Or no, was I he think just... he's trying to say, I don't think these kids understand what they're doing. Uh, and it's like, no, buddy, they totally uh, understand they're just not playing along with your Catholic bigotry. I wish he had been like, yes, they're all wearing the rainbow in honor of the end of the Noah's Ark <laughs> right. story. Right. A we're very cl- Ken Ham mentality. It. <laughs> yeah. um, there was a petition on change.org signed by more than 3,000, 3,400 mm-hmm. uh, Bennett linked community members oh. where they, be- here's their argument. By rejecting a talented potential staff member on the basis of whom she loves, you have utterly failed to uphold the principles of dignity and charity that you purport to practice as a Christian Christian institution. Mm-hmm. We are ashamed of your own narrow interpretation of Christian morality. Hmm. Nice petition. Now, my first reaction, and I know a lot of you listening, the first reaction is, it's a Catholic school. They have their rules. Mm -hmm. If you don't like it, don't go there. Mm -hmm. This isn't a legal issue, per se. Like, yeah, they have the right to say, if you're gay married, guess what? You don't get to be a staffer at this (laughs) school. I keep saying gay married. It's Whatever they would say. (laughs) Like, 
Again, the, and the school's argument would be, we have no problem with gay people, uh-huh, but if you're in a gay relationship, for the same reason, like if you're a woman who's had an abortion, you violated Catholic doctrine, right. but if a guy at the school pays for the abortion and no one sees her, uh-huh. he, they would just not find out. Like, it's very hypocritical. It's very anti-woman, the way these things yes. are actually practiced. Can I slip in a quick yes. question? Do you... Okay, so the whole thing with Catholicism in general is... That it's okay to be, quote unquote, be gay, yeah. but you just can't act on yeah, it. Yeah, you can be celibate and gay. What? Like, if I am this... And you cannot be trans. Oh, uh, well, no, trans people don't they exist. They don't exist in the Catholic um, Church. Jesus. Uh, but w- w- if I'm her, I would just be like... I mean, obviously, she shouldn't be in this, this position. All of this stuff, this is not on her. But, like, why doesn't anyway say, like, oh, yeah, I'm married to this person, but we're celibate. Fucking prove it wrong. Because uh, no, 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 because it's the act of marriage that also goes against Catholic uh, teachings, which is why you can't get uh, or, in a same sex okay, marriage in with, a Catholic church. I live with my girlfriend. We don't have sex. I mean, yes, she could lie. I mean, that's kind of her options here. But I just think that would put the Catholic church in an interesting situation of like, well, we think you are doing these things. Okay, fucking prove it. Right. Tell I mean, me, they can't prove it. You tell me she's how. She's admitting she's married sure. to another woman. Right. So and the again, Catholic, this is not on her. Right. The Catholic. Uh, diocese overseeing Bennett Academy is like, well, we have no choice. We have to get rid of you because of the gay stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I get that students are mad. I get that all of these people are mad, but also, you know what you signed up for. I mm-hmm. could have told you, I know you think the school is great, mm-hmm. but it's affiliated with the Catholic church. What do you expect? Do you think the church is a good organization? Because we have decades of evidence that it's totally not whatever you think the Pope is doing. Mm-hmm. Like it's a horrible place with horrible beliefs. And by giving Bennett Academy money or any Catholic school money, like you're supporting that stuff, whether you agree with it or not. And again, more than half of American Catholics practicing, I call myself a Catholic, they support abortion rights to Mm -hmm. some degree. They support same-sex marriage, but the institution does not. So none of this was surprising. Now here's the little twist here. Okay. This month, this month in North Carolina, a gay teacher who was hired as a drama instructor like, a, not a core class teacher, mm-hmm. but hired by a Catholic school to teach drama. Guess what? He's also married to another man. Hmm. He's also gay married. Gay man? Yeah. In, and, in the theater? And I know. I know. Shocking. <laughs> and the school fired him, and he sued, and he alleged sex discrimination, saying, you know, this. if I was uh, married to a woman, or if I were a woman, you would not have fired me, but because I'm a man, you did. And here's, Oh, interesting. I see So he filed a sex discrimination lawsuit so he's not saying you're homophobic he's saying which, you came after me because i'm a man in a way you would not have if i were a woman that's sort of an interesting yeah, it's an inter- take on the it is interesting and here's okay. the thing the judge uh, putting aside the cleverness of that argument sure. the judge said this guy isn't teaching he's not hired to teach catholicism right there are people at the school at a catholic school whose job it is to lead prayer or to do any of the things that involve passing along Catholic mm-hmm. doctrine. Right. The elective drama coach, right. not one of them. The girls lacrosse coach, not one of them. And in the case of mm-hmm. the drama instructor in North Carolina, the judge sided with him saying they broke the law by firing you. Really? Yeah, which was shocking. And again, the argument there is, yes, the Catholic a Catholic school has the right to impose its Catholic doctrine, uh-huh. but... It's not universal. There is a standing question of whether Catholic schools can get rid 
of hmm. employees for being in a same-sex relationship if they are not in the position of having to teach Catholic doctrine. Like, then you got to go by the laws of the state. And if the state okay. says you can't discriminate for that reason, that also applies to the Catholic school. But it changes depending on where you are. I only bring that up. I'm not going to pretend to be the legal expert here. Mm -hmm. I only bring that up to say there was an argument to be made yeah. by the students, the alums, the people fighting on behalf of this coach mm -hmm. saying she's not here to teach Catholic doctrine. We're not being hypocrites here and uh -huh. saying like, what? The Catholic church is anti-gay. Uh -huh. No, they were saying she's teaching, she's coaching lacrosse. Right. There's nothing hypocritical about keeping her on even as the church is the church. And guess what? This week, the middle of this week, like a day or two after this started making headlines, definitely locally, but even beyond that, uh -huh. the school decided to reverse course. Mm -hmm. They rehired her. The school, I'm going to read from a news article. The, the board has heard from members of the Bennett community on all sides of the issue over the past several days. The school acknowledged that it had previously rescinded the job offer upon learning that she is in a same-sex marriage. But it added that the board, quote, determined that Miss Camus' background and experience made her the right candidate for the position. So they rehired her and they said, for now, we hope that this is the first step in healing the Bennett community. So ultimately, mm -hmm. they rehired her. And, of course, there are some conservative Catholics and right-wing Christian groups who are furious. Of like, course. this isn't true Catholicism. It's sin. <laughs> like, but it also, it's telling that they caved under pressure mm -hmm. because I think they knew if we go through with the thing we think yeah. we got to do, we're going to lose a lot of, we're going to get a lot of bad publicity. Mm -hmm. We're going to lose a lot of donations. Mm -hmm. And that's scarier to us than just hiring someone and saying, yeah, but she's coaching that thing, so she doesn't have to do religion, so we have a loophole, Wait, so we up. win. Are you telling me that the Catholic Church changed its mind on a policy because they were afraid they were going to lose money? Yes, That's I know. That's wild. Mm -hmm. um, Jesus. Uh, Cameron Esposito, the, a comedian, um, she... A is a uh, a Bennett grad. Um, I interviewed her at the beginning of 2020 before the world ended, and we talked a lot about Bennett. So if you're... We talked a lot about her going to Bennett and what it is like being like a young woman and a young baby queer person and hearing about how evil and useless you are and like the sort of damage that does to one's one's psyche. I would recommend maybe Hemant, you could link to that in the um, mm -hmm. in the notes. Um, but yeah, it was a great interview if I do say so myself, and I had a lot of fun and fangirled and and made her listen to the first joke I ever told when I was a stand up. So tune in there. Well done. You know, it's the, you know, it's the irony. <laughs> Can I tell you the first joke I ever wrote? Yes. So what do you take? Uh, so I took a stand-up class. It's called Femcom if you're in Chicago. I, <laughs> my joke was, and they teach you structured jokes. You're really jokes. building this up. Okay. So I teach structure, they teach structured jokes. So the first joke they taught is, I like my blank the way I like my blank. Yes. Blank. So my first joke, which only women have ever found funny is, I like my uterus the way I like my calories. Empty. <laughs> which I think is a very good joke. And the <laughs> irony is now I've been trying to get pregnant unsuccessfully for two years. <laughs> and I think it's that joke's fault. I Karma. think, I think 26 year old me really fucked me over. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There anyway. you go. It lasts. Uh, no, the only thing that bothered me about the rehiring of her, which ethically is the right thing to do for her. Um, it feels very awkward. <laughs> I was I was mad when I saw people online, like on Facebook boards and stuff, saying 
the school did the right thing. Good on those, good on the school for, like, they're praising the school for doing the right thing. Mm -mm. It's like, they didn't, though. They got pressured into doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. But if it was just up to them, they wouldn't have done it. It's very clear they wouldn't have done it. We saw what they did on their own. What we should say is good for the queer community and uh, around Mm -hmm. across the country and around the greater Lyle, Illinois area. (laughs) Like good on the protesters. And you know what? Students wear rainbows every day. Yeah. I kind of wish there was like a good, good old fashioned protest there. Cause I've never been on that campus and it seems very pretty. And I would like to protest there just so I can take a look. I did not hear any commentary from like the diocese that oversees this school uh-huh. because you have to think some bishop somewhere is like, oh no, they can't have done this. But also they're not going to like sit there and try to override the very popular Catholic high school that makes them a lot of money. Right. So, and especially on a, an issue that is that the Catholic church has been losing for, well, in, <laughs> for all of time, but yeah. specifically the last 30 years or so, they are like coming down hard on the wrong side of history. So this can't feel good to them. Yeah. This feels a little like beginning of the end to me. But where the fuck do I know? Don't listen to me. <laughs> what are you listening to this for? Let me go to a different one. This is another ethical, legal question that I, I'm going to pose to all of you listening. Here's There's a pastor named Joel Witcher. W-H-I-T-C-H-E-R. That's a great name. Uh-huh. West Oline, New York. It's, I think it's near Buffalo, like Western New York area. Joel but Witcher. this pastor, Joel Witcher, and his wife, Pam, they run um, a church called the Fresh Fire Worship Center. And if you watch some of the things they've said on all the sermons they've posted online, and there are many of them, you hear things like this. Uh, we are expanding God's kingdom beyond these walls into the community, into the governmental positions oh. in our city, into the school systems. Oh. You hear the male pastor, Joel, saying abortion is outside the government of God. Gay marriage is outside of the government of God. Muslims, that's outside the government of God. I've never heard the expression government of God. Have you? Uh, the- theocratic, this is the right wing thing. Like we are building a government that oh, God supports. Oh, I see. Okay. But basically like, yeah, Muslims can't be part of it is what he said. Oh, cool. He said he called out Christians who vote for Democrats. He claimed they support, and I'm quoting, sex change operations for children <laughs> and forcing Christian churches to marry homosexuals. Um, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, he also said, uh, speaking. All true, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Bible verses <laughs> condemning homosexuality, he said, men committed shameful acts with other men's and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Death. Uh, <laughs> it's a sin. It's the enemy coming out in the light. We're finally seeing what we need to go kill. Tolerance. Kill? Well, tolerance is killing the church. I think he meant we have to kill tolerance, the idea of tolerance, but really it came oh, across as... Oh, you shouldn't toss around should. the word kill yeah. when you're in a pulpit. It's just yes. my idea. And then he just dismissed the idea of mental illness. He said uh, medication isn't necessary. I'm not quoting, but he said medication is not necessary to treat something like schizophrenia <gasps> because, quote, we have deliverance. So God's going to cure their mental illness. So like schizophrenia is something that's treatable, but it needs to be treated. Otherwise, I'm going to throw in a couple more here. He said local schools, public schools, they offer free breakfast and lunch Uh to the students there. And he said, that's a problem because because the spirit of poverty has hit the homes and people don't have the urge to go and work as if. We're giving kids free school meals, which is a good thing. And we're telling people, see, you don't need to go to work. We'll take care of you. Yeah, just totally. Just like Jesus wanted. Yeah. 
Um, and then he said being a true Christian meant uh, you won't be, quote, susceptible to COVID, which... I mean... So he's a COVID denier as well. I mean, as I feel no like empirically he can probably prove that some Christians have died of it, but... Yeah, but they're not true Christians. Oh, sorry, I forgot true <laughs> Christians. That's my bad. So all of this is stuff he said in the sermons. That, by the way, none of that would be a new story because there are pastors like that who are just batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. Here's why this is a story. Guess what Joel Witcher's job is? His day job. His day job? The, night, the weekend job is pastor of this church. Is his day job dying of COVID? <laughs> <laughs> is it he a cop? It will be soon. Uh, he's not a cop. Oh. He's the principal of Olean Intermediate Middle School, well, a public school in that area. And well. his wife is the school psychologist <gasps> at an elementary school in that area. You can't. Dean, me. So here's the ethical question I pose. Psychologist, psychiatrist. Psychologist. Holy shit! What's the what do you do if you know that the principal of a middle school and a psychologist at an elementary school are saying this shit on the side outside of their school lives? Looks like another thing Jessica would love to go picket. (laughs) Yes. Well, people were demanding the school board take action. Not because they hold bigoted Christian beliefs, which Uh-oh. they're allowed to do. This is me talking now. Mm-hmm. They're not saying like, how dare they believe this stuff? They're not saying that. They're saying our kids are not safe with these people in leadership positions at school. We know what they think about LGBTQ kids. Mm-hmm. We know what they think about Muslim kids. And I think it's, it's definitely worth noting again that you said this is like upstate New York, right? Yeah. So this isn't like Missouri or somewhere in the deep South where like a lot of people would be like, oh, that's fine. Like conservative th- area, but still, but right. still, but not rural. Anyway, go yeah. ahead. There was going. another change.org uh, petition for this signed by over 1,500 people that said the student body finds Mr. Witcher's behavior absolutely intolerable. No administrator that governs an extremely diverse student body has the right to publicly discriminate and hate members of his own community and school. Cool. And again, there's an open question now of, I mean, you can't fire them for holding what they consider Christian beliefs. That's a legal fight you're going to lose. Can you get rid of them or discipline them or punish them in some way for holding views that make, that disrupts the learning process for a lot of students? Mm -hmm. Because that is something you could theoretically act upon. Right. And that is an outstanding question at this moment, because right now both of them have their jobs. The school board Uh, The superintendent says, obviously, he can't comment on personnel issues. And he said, quote, we do believe that we can come to an agreement. I think it's going to be a happy ending, actually. I don't know what that means, but that is what he said. Mm. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. What's the happy ending for this? Yeah, I don't know what the compromise is going to be that makes everyone happy. Either he gets fired or children are being supervised by a person who thinks half of them are terrible. Yeah, or or he keeps his job. Um, And here's the other part of the issue that throws a wrench in all this. Uh I have seen no evidence and no one is offering any, any evidence that both of their personal, bigoted, hateful Christian views have seeped into their professional lives. Mm. We are not hearing stories of Muslim students who said he acted this way toward me and it was sure, bad. I there is the no part. LGBTQ person saying he's treated me differently because of this stuff. As far as we know, there is no evidence of him acting on his beliefs in a professional setting. 
So again, I, I don't have an answer to this. I do. I would pose it to listeners. What do you do in this situation? Or at least what's the right way to think about the situation? Because they haven't done anything yet. Right. They do hold these views. They're right. not they're not saying they're taken out of context or anything. We have the audio. We have the video. What do you do with them? Um, I should say, the, a local news channel spoke with a constitutional professor in their area oh, who said it's not clear cut. Mm-hmm. Of course he has a right to free speech. Of course he has a right to his religious views. If the beliefs invaded the school, you could argue he's putting kids in danger and then a school learning is disrupted. A school board could take action, mm-hmm. but it hasn't happened. This is not a clear cut legal case now. So no one's suing. Nothing's happened to this guy. No discipline, no mm-hmm. punishment to the couple. That's where we're at right now. Isn't it funny that these two stories, that we, the, the Bennett one and this one, the Bennett story was fire her immediately, ask questions later. And this one is, well, we can't prove mm-hmm. that he, he says he doesn't like Muslim people, but we certainly can't prove prove that he said anything mean to them like except that they shouldn't be allowed in government the wife being a psychologist is troublesome and challenging to me (laughs) and my brain right now like if i'm a muslim parent in the district i don't want my kids seeing that woman if you're like if you're I'm, not Muslim, but you're a brown person. And like, too. if you're in that district, do you count the guy who oh. thinks Muslims aren't going to be part of our if, new world order? To, if to I'm know Christian, that you're, yeah. if I'm Christian, I don't want my kids seeing a woman like someone like this. Right. And I don't want my kid's principal being someone I know feels this way yeah. about other people. doesn't matter. So yeah. Like somebody who's that Islamophobic is not going to be discriminatory about which brown people he picks on <laughs> eventually. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes. Like your atheism is not going to protect you here, Hemet. You're right. <laughs> the brown shield rears. <laughs> um, two really quick stories and we'll wrap this up. Yep. Uh, Robert Jeffress, he's the pastor uh, of First Baptist Dallas mm-hmm. in Texas, mega cultist, mm-hmm. a Trump supporter forever, was on Fox News all the time because Lou Dobbs had him on all the time, but mm. then Lou Dobbs got shit canned. Yeah. Now Jeffress just shows up sporadically. But for all the things Jeffress has done, and he's hold, he holds every conservative Christian view you would imagine, he's been strangely good about vaccines, oh, which is okay. weird. And actually, speaking with the Associated Press this week, he actually said he and his staff, quote, are neither offering nor encouraging members to seek religious exemptions from the vaccine mandates. He said via email, there is no credible religious argument against the vaccines. Christians who are troubled by the use of a fetal cell line for the testing of the vaccines would also have to abstain from the use of Tylenol, uh-huh. Pepto-Bismol, Ibuprofen, and other products that use the same cell line if they are sincere in their objections, which is also what a hospital said, like last week. We discussed it then. I'm waiting for him to, get, to there's, say, psych! There's no but. He's okay. saying we're not doing religious okay. exemptions. He's not telling people to get religious exemptions. Okay. Yeah, I know. That's my reaction, too. Before you praise him, then this is just oh, me talking. Don't worry, that's not going to happen. <laughs> remember that this is the same guy, though, who last year, like in June, you remember where the pandemic was in June of 2020. It's still mm-hmm. going crazy. It still is. Um, Mike Pence came to visit his church for like a 4th of July thing, and mm-hmm. he had an in-person, indoor service yeah. uh, for thousands of people where masks were merely encouraged but not mandated. Uh-huh. And it was like, dude, you're not helping the situation. Like, you're not the COVID hero 
Like, I'm glad you, you're the broken clock once, twice a day, yeah. whatever. Like, Pat Robertson on marijuana. You somehow got this right, but there's a whole bunch of shit crazy stuff. It's just love stuff. large numbers. You're bound to get one of these things right. <laughs> yes. And then I'm going to wrap this up with the happiest story, almost, with one twist that is not happy. Um, an Italian priest this week was, uh, he's from Italy, uh, Francesco Spagnesi. Oh, yeah, Catholic he's Italian. Priest. He was arrested because they discovered that he stole $117,000 from the church's bank account. And I think the church found out he was stealing money and then they blocked him from accessing the account. And then he started asking the congregation for donations to help the poor. And then he stole that. And all things told, it was $117,000. And what was he using it for? I was just about to ask that. Lavish gay sex parties at his house. Yes! As if you could have a gay sex party that is not lavish. <laughs> now, here's the twist that you're not going to like. Oh. Police only found out about all this, not uh. the theft, but what he was doing with it, because they found out his roommate, I don't know if that's innuendo. In quotes? Yeah. <laughs> but his roommate had, quote, imported a liter of the common date rape drug GHB from the Netherlands. Did you say a liter? A liter, Yes. Like a, a liter lot, of cola. A lot of it. Yeah. A so liter I don't, is I, so much roofie. I'm not hearing if they're taking that for themselves for pleasure to knock themselves out or something, or if they're actually using it on unconsenting people, because I don't know how you have a gay sex orgy with unconsenting people. Uh, or with unconscious people. Or it with it unconscious really feels people. like it would take some of the fun out of it. You would think. And so police are now interviewing 200 people who they said have attended these parties over the past two years. I have never gotten invited to a sex party. <laughs> Much less one with hundreds. 200 people yeah. went to... Oh, dang. Oh, and by the way, officers found homemade crack pipes from bottles during a raid on the apartment. Well... <laughs> and this is somehow the least scandalous thing I've heard out of the Catholic Church in a very long time. No children story. were involved. As far as I can tell... <laughs> There are no victims of the drug. Like, everything here is consensual, but there is a drug in effect here. I don't know if they're using uh, it for other reasons than the bad one. I don't know if you can. I'm sorry. I'm ignorant on this. Yeah, no. Um, I don't know enough about the gay sex parties. Oh, and oh, I'm sorry. There okay. are two more things. Oh, there's more. He, some parishioners are now threatening to file lawsuits. I don't know if they've done it already, but basically, you stole our money, so they're filing lawsuits against this guy. It's uh -huh. fraud. He, the guy, Spagnesi, says, I, you can't hold me responsible for this, for all of what happened, because I was in a, quote, cocaine vortex. Oh, oh boy, oh, boy, I need boy, to retitle oh, this episode. I had one ready to go, but cocaine, cocaine vortex. vortex. And then, by Let's the way... Let's start a band called Cocaine Vortex. You are not the first person to say that, Damn sorry. It. And then he added, I'm HIV positive, which... If you're going to it's a gay sex party, I would urge you not to be HIV positive. Sir, though, sir, you can't ignore the gay part of the Catholic Church, but listen to the condom part of the Catholic yeah. Church. Uh, but he said he's on a certain antiviral medication, sure. which actually makes it literally untransmissible. Mm. So that's not the issue here. But I think he said I'm HIV positive to generate sympathy for his plight. Which, again, I don't think anyone feels bad for this guy. Yeah, but what am I supposed to feel bad about? This guy is getting fucking laid right and left. By 200 people, maybe, theoretically. I don't know how it works. Someone, uh, yeah, email it, me how this would work, logistically. I looked it Also, up. how do you fit 200 people in an apartment? 
or even some. No, it's like probably like five at a time. They Where like is he getting that money. Oh. One in, one out. <laughs> um, apparently, roofies can be used to treat severe insomnia and assist with anesthesia. Whoops, that doesn't sound like the things he wanted to use it for. Have so. fun with your Google search history. Well, I did it. Listen, I did. <laughs> I did Google other uses for roofies, but I did it in incognito <laughs> mode. So that's not going to hurt me at all. I've um, been. But yeah, let's go to the hypocrisy thing here. Like, yeah. do you, why do you, why are you a priest is the question. Because you could be doing all this minus the fraud, minus the drugs. There's nothing illegal about the parties you're having. There is an ethical concern because mm-hmm. you're a priest. And apparently drugging people. And drugging people and stealing money from the worshipers. There's a lot of <laughs> legal and ethical problems here. You said but- this is Italy? This is Italy. Oh, like the, Italia. The orgies my are the country. least. The orgies are the least of the problem here. These are my people. And yet, the it. line of work that he decided to go into. Gotta and by the it. way, if you look at quotes from articles about this, all the people are like, "He's a really good priest. <laughs> we like the sermons." Listen, I've seen the second <laughs> season of Fleabag, and my guess is that this gentleman really enjoys the pageantry of the Catholic Church because that's what. Um, Oh, the sexy priest from there. Oh, he didn't the, have a name. That's why I can't think of The comment on my it. website on an article about this, about the can you not have a lavish gay sex party, is from someone who says, how dare you stereotype us? Some of us have to work for a living, <laughs> and we just throw normal, old, boring gay sex parties. <laughs> Sorry if that doesn't meet your standards. Yeah, that's... I salute uh... you, person who wrote that. Yeah, that was really judgmental of you, Hammond, actually. I apologize to Um, all the gay people with their boring sex parties. (laughs) Speaking of my home country of Italy, which genuinely is where my family is from, Mm -hmm. um, my my grandmother, who is 98, is in hospice, and I found this picture. I'm handing Hammond a picture of my grandmother, probably as a teenager, and her father, Philip. Look at my great-grandfather. Does he not look like an Italian stereotype? Yes. Like, if you were Whatever cast- you're thinking, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever you're thinking about a 1940s Italian immigrant in New York, yeah. that's what my great-grandfather looked like. Yep. Um, Central truly, casting. Very- truly my people. Where do we find you? Um, you can find me so many places. Thank you for asking. Um, first of all, you can find me on Twitter at Jess Bloomke. You can find me on... on oh, my God, Hammond. You can find me on my Etsy shop, Bitches Got Stitched Done. I have been mentioning like I've got a little extra time for projects and I got an email from a woman who in June I reached out to her and said hey you've hit this Patreon level can I make you a cross stitch and she was like yeah could you do this and I was like yeah I can't wait and then my ADD took over (laughs) and I closed that email and never thought about it again until this sweet poor woman (laughs) emailed me was like hey I heard you say you have time do you think you'll have time for mine and I was like wow I'm truly the worst person this person is pitching in so we can make to this show and I was like instead I'm gonna forget about you because I'm a monster we feel bad about it is there we do feel bad about <laughs> it and I'm gonna get back to you I also owe a bunch of people stickers yes. um also I'm gonna be in Portland next month Portland um Oregon um from the 20th to like the 24th so if there's interest I might do a meetup out there so so hit me up if you're interested I'll post in the uh, discord and the the Facebook group as well also 10-2 October 2nd is next Saturday there's going to be a reproductive freedom march oh. that I will be attending um, that prior Friday when we'll be recording is my birthday and I assume Hammett will remember and bring me something appropriate yeah. for our level of friendship sure he might come to my birthday dinner with me I'll we've never been in public stitch. together <laughs> 
Um, okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's uh, find me at Hemant Meta on Twitter, uh, patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Invite me to your lavish parties. Lavish gay sex parties, uh, please. Like, I'm straight, but whatever. I don't get invited to parties. Just invite me to any of your parties. Yeah, I invited him to dinner, and he was like, Hit me up surprise. on Squid Game. Someone talk to me about this. Okay. I have no one to talk to because I don't go to parties. <laughs> um, I'm going to watch it tonight, and I'll text right. you. Um, also, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Um, this latest review is from Sing It Back. Five stars. Love, love, love. I've been a listener for more... I haven't read this. Hopefully it's good. I've been a listener for more than two years, and I didn't realize I'd never left a review before. I'm a huge fan of FA, and I'm always excited to see a new episode pop up in my subscription feed. Hemant and Jessica are a great duo. Funny, informative, insightful. Both are really wonderful, and I love their rapport. Thank you for... thank you. Thanks to both of you for all your hard work and creating fantastic podcasts. Aww, thank you. Write something nice. I will read your beautiful words <laughs> out on this podcast to right. dozens of people. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.